You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to you want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. No days off! No days off! No days off! No days off! This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone put up a little less fight than the one last night. (laughs) And Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? (laughs) Hannibal. 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 Mr. Dot Commer on WEEI.com. Special guests for our uh, little draft preview for the quarterbacks today. Chris Scheim, producer of the Gresh and Keefe show. You might hear him on on the air all the time with with Andy. Um, So here he is, Chris Scheim. Welcome, Welcome to the podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. I love being here. I'm excited. Shine is a big uh, draft geek, draft nerd, so that's why we have him on. Very much so. I am an absolute dork when it comes to the draft. I will watch tape on these guys all day if I could. And then we will fight me. about it. Yeah, and then we will. For the most part, though, at, at least on Twitter, we've been pretty much in lockstep in a lot of things lately. So uh, There's a lot of positions. At some point, we're going to fight over somebody. Oh, absolutely. All right, and- so- Say it's, it's quarterbacks. We're doing. We're gonna do. A, we're gonna roll out these. Like maybe for some positions, we'll double up. But for the most part, there'll be a podcast for each position. So this is the quarterbacks one. Obviously, quarterbacks. Not- What's going on? Any any talk with the quarterbacks? We got any interest? Ah, seems seems pretty quiet out there. <laughs> I've heard much. So I guess that's why we brought Shine on. Um, let's let's start with general the general thoughts on the position. We'll start with Andy, then we'll go to Shine. Well, I mean, if we start with just general thoughts, obviously Trevor Lawrence is considered a generational prospect. I agree with that. I'm a big believer that you get bonus points or extra credit for multiple years of high-level play in college. and Because we've seen so many guys over the years that, you know, sophomore flash, oh, this guy's going to be the number one pick. And then the next year, something falls apart. He gets hurt. He throws picks. They start to pick guys apart. And for the most part, Trevor Lawrence has been unpick a partable to make up a word for our use. Um, so like he's in his own class to me. He's in that Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning, generational. I think he's the reason Urban Meyer is the head coach in Jacksonville. I don't think he would be there. I think he pulled a Rick Patino, except it worked out for him, whereas Rick Patino did not get Tim Duncan. And then you go after that. I think everyone's settled in on, even though there's hype and he's nowhere near Lawrence, I think there's a break. I think everyone's settled in, including the Jets, that Zach Wilson is the next most intriguing prospect. He is certainly riding the era of Patrick Mahomes. And anybody that watched his pro day, there's a lot of Patrick Mahomes. Had he had that pro day six years ago, people would have shredded him for poor footwork, poor mechanics, throws off balance, doesn't, you know. And now that's suddenly desirable, the things that he can do, whether 
Sam Darnold did it in a game or not. I know people got in little pissing matches on Twitter about, oh, that throw's never been done before. And then, well, this guy did it in a game. I don't care. They're cool throws. He is a, a really unique talent. But we also have to remember he's one year removed from fighting for his job. Like he had a great breakout year. And then after that starts the fun. We had Mac Jones's pro day today at Alabama. We have this idea theory that Mac Jones, it's funny because about three weeks ago, we were fighting whether Mac Jones was worth the 15th pick in the draft for the Patriots. Don't worry about that anymore. Cause now apparently Mac Jones is worth the third pick in the draft. And I will continue to say, if he goes three, that's a terrible selection. He's not worth the third pick in the draft. I will continue to say, if the effing Washington Redskins took Kirk, took uh, Kirk Cousins. Washington football team. Oh, yeah, Washington football team. Them too. If they had taken Kirk Cousins with the third pick in the draft and he had the same career he's had, it'd be a disappointment. Like, we learned it was Sony Michelle. We've learned it was so many over the years. Where you are picked mattered. Um, so if Mac Jones goes three, I automatically assume he's going to be a disappointment slash bust in his career. And he may have the same career that he would have had at 27 or 46 or whatever. But you go third pick in the draft, I better be getting ready for your Hall of Fame uh, speech in like 20 years. And there's no shot in hell in my mind that he's going to be getting ready for his Hall of Fame speech in 20 years. So, Shime, the floor is yours after I babbled. Well, on top of the just to pile on to Mac Jones a little bit because I'm all in favor of that, on top of him being the third overall pick, they also gave up two additional first-round picks and a third to go get him. This guy is not worth that many first-round picks. I'm sorry. He could have a fine career, and, and you know what? He could be in the league for – 15 years and he could be mediocre in all of them and that's great but that's not this if you're drafted three overall and a team traded that many first round picks to get you you better be damn close if not an absolute hall of famer like you have to be at least borderline hall of fame to be worth that and i would say making it even worse for them is they don't quote unquote need a quarterback they have a quarterback who they went to the super bowl with a year ago who, yes, he has his injuries, he has his flaws, he turns the ball. Like, there's some issues there. But they have a quarterback that their players like that has won a lot of games for them when he's been on the field and went to a Super Bowl. It's not like, you know, this is some team that's been in desperation mode at the position for 5, 10, 8, 12 years, and they just, you know what, they decided we're going all in. This is a QB year. So, and, and by the way, we should, I guess, pump the brakes on the discussion a little. Just because Chris Sims and others say it's Mac Jones, Maybe it's not. Yeah, I, I don't tend to buy into the smokescreen. I think it is, in fact, a smokescreen. Um, I lend to believe that they are probably leaning towards Trey Lance, which is the whole reason that you still have Jimmy Garoppolo in the first place, right? Otherwise, you would have already traded Garoppolo knowing you're going to get a guy that you feel can just come right in and be your guy. Like, if you didn't think that the guy you're drafting at three can – come in and start day one. That's why you're keeping Garoppolo. And Trey Lance is exactly the perfect candidate for that. He's a project, right? I think, I think raw talent-wise, Trey Lance is close as close to limitless raw talent-wise as you can find in the NFL draft nowadays. But that's a lot of pure raw. Like, there is not a lot of refined technique. A guy like Trevor Lawrence, I, I was never a huge Lawrence guy. Like his college games, I just, I, he never wowed me. And then I go back and watch him and it's because he just does everything right. Like all of the small things he does 
exactly right. Whether it's a step up in the pocket or a slide left, the decision on the throw, he just makes the right choices, makes the right moves. And, and I never saw that in live time until going back and really kind of looking at it. And I do think that Trevor Lawrence is very much in that Andrew Luck, John Elway mold. And I think their, their rankings top of the top five, because I think that's up for debate. Like the top five quarterbacks, your personal opinion, not like who the team's going to take, but your personal opinion, who are they? Yeah, my top five is Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Kyle Trask. Mm-hmm. I, actually have, I actually have Trask over Mac Jones. Mac Jones is six for me. I just – I'm not – I am out on Mac Jones. I, I mean, is this pro day aside, and you're not to timestamp it, but the pro day aside, I just – I'm not a big Mac Jones guy. I don't think – like there was a comment on Twitter about him running a lot of RPOs. Good for him. It's basically just a fancy play action. Like people just don't understand the difference between RPO and read option. And that's fine. I just, I don't buy into the Mac Jones is going to be super good hype. I just don't, I don't think he's worth it. I don't think he's worth a first round pick. I think someone will take him in the back end of the first round, or at least he probably get drafted higher. I don't think he's worth it. Yeah. He has it is what everybody says. And I always think when people say a guy has it, it's because, they know if they just talk about the visual factors, like the the objective factors, they're not promoting the guy. So they say, oh, yeah, he, he's got it. He's the next Tom Brady. And everybody's like, oh, he's the next Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady went in the sixth round. The, <laughs> like all the, the measurables and the visual and the – at this point in the process, Tom Brady was a sixth-round pick. Now, quarterbacks have gone up in value. I still think Tom Brady of then would still be like a second or a third-round pick, mid-round pick, oh, even easily. with the way the position has been pushed up. So I would go, I mean, I'm a big Zach Wilson guy. So I would go Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be fun, spectacularly fun. That could also include flaming out and throwing a boatload of picks and being an absolute moron at the NFL level. I don't, I don't leave that out. Um, I'm torn at three. I think I have Trey Lance next, but I will say Trey Lance scares the hell out of me mm-hmm. because how many times have we talked ourselves into Jake Locker or, you know, these other guys that were athletes and that, you know, they're going to take some time. But if you just look at the athleticism and none of them are like Patrick Mahomes is special. Can we even Kyler Murray special when you are a high pick in baseball and football, when you have like all these options in front of you, you're just special. It's like LeBron James special. And I'm not just talking basketball. He was going to be a stud athlete at something because that's how God made him. Like he, he, he made it on this earth. As, and I don't know that Trey Lance is that. He's fun. He's a great athlete, great athlete for the quarterback position. But he's kind of a running back who plays quarterback right now. Like he ran as much as he th- – I think he has two games with 20 passes in his college career. And that's a relatively small sample college career at a lower level. So I keep terming him like the grand slam swing for the fences pick. So that's why he's third for me. Fields I think is good, not great. Um, he, he has all the tools. I mean, he can run too. He can make throws on the run. He can do a lot of things. I'm not in love with him. And then to me, it falls off the map. And I include Mac Jones in that. I'd probably have Mac Jones fifth because I think if you surround Mac Jones with talent and have a good scheme, like he had at Alabama, he'll be okay. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be the, what's the Chris Sims quote? He's not going to win you games, but he's not going to lose you games. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of Mac Jones. And, like, if you told me I could have one person from Alabama, and this is probably a dumb thing, it might be Steve Sarkeesian. I thought their scheme 
was effing phenomenal a year ago to get Devontae Smith the chances to run, the mix of the run in the past, the utilizing Najee Harris, everything they did with Mac Jones. So I think Mac Jones rode that. I would urge people to go back and watch the the national championship game where I thought Steve Sarkeesian was just out of his mind the job he did um, in that game. But all of, the, all of that aside, like we're talking about five, even if you have Trask as fifth as an outlier, good job, by the way, gets you noticed. If you happen to be right, boom, people remember that shit. Yeah. Um, but there's five guys. Sorry, not the burger place and not your five guys. It's <laughs> now accepted that there's five guys near the top of the draft that are all going to be gone in the top 10. That has gone from like bold prediction to seems like it's bold now to say not all five will go in the top 10, right? Like everybody's accepted that. And from we're obviously a Patriot-centric draft preview podcast. Patriots pick 15. So we get into the world of, are those guys worth trading up for? Or are you now talking about if you're drafting a Patriots quarterback, it's the sixth best guy on the board? Yeah, I saw you guys post the poll earlier, like, should the Patriots trade up for a quarterback? Yes! And uh, yes. as I know as much as you hate PFF, they actually had the Patriots trading up to four yeah, to I get saw. Trey Lance in their latest mock um, <laughs> by PFF Austin. And so I, I – don't get me wrong. I love the idea of the Patriots trading up for a quarterback. Would I want them to? Kind of. But do I think they will? I, I think there's no shot in hell. I think, I think there is a far more likely scenario that they trade down into the 20s than they trade up inside the top 10. And, I agree. And as, as much as that sucks as a Patriots fan, that's the way Belichick operates. It's, it's all about value for him. If right. I get my guy – at this value, and I can get this guy who's higher on my board later in the round, I'm just going to do that. So he's going to take uh, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa at 20 instead of jumping up to eight and getting Mac Jones. Well, not only that, you can, if all those quarterbacks go high, you can get a, a top 10 talent in another position at 15, whether it's exactly. five receiver or offensive tackle. And we saw the cost last week. You, you already brought up how many – you know, traffic, the 49ers had to give up to move up that high. And I know it wouldn't be going as high going from 15 to whatever, seven or eight, but you're still giving up multiple first round picks. And I just, I can't see Bill Belichick doing that for the fifth quarterback in this draft. Okay. So how I argue, see on the website today, I said, yes, trade up. Now I want them to, because I want a quarterback and I do actually believe they've built a team that is now ready for a quarterback, like a great roster. Now, that's different than saying if I were the GM, would I pull the trigger? Hell no. As my former boss used to say, so he wouldn't get in trouble, I am too much of a pussy to do that. That would be like you're, you're putting your big ones on the table right there if you make that move to like four. If you trade, let's just say three first-round picks, you know, a swap of one and then two others to get Trey Lance at four, that is – it's fun. It's exciting. It could end – horribly now I've also my new theory is that Bill Belichick's job here in New England isn't necessarily right now about returning to a dynasty returning to the Super Bowl I think if he returns a quarterback to this team whoever it is and we can get into other discussions Jimmy Garoppolo whatever but in the next three years if he's ready to walk away and there is a quarterback under center in New England that is a franchise quarterback, a top 10 quarterback in the National Football League, his work here is done. Even if he doesn't catch Shula, even if he doesn't, oh, get back to another Super Bowl to match Brady, if he gave them the keys to the future at the quarterback position, 
I think his he he ends on a high note. All the Tangways of the world can't say, "Oh, he's an idiot GM. He never did anything to help them." Like if you walk away and the quarterback position is set, I think you feel good about yourself, right? And I think you can even take that a step further. I I think that Bill Belichick is on pace at least right now to set the Patriots up not just a quarterback, but roster-wise financially for a 10-year period, right? Because so a lot of people were really like, oh, they went and shopped at Target in this free agency. And they had a ton of money to spend in a year where there wasn't a lot of money to spend. So what did they do? They went out and gave guys shorter-term contracts, right? There was only a couple four-year contracts, but those three and less-year contracts are perfect because in those three years, the cap is going to explode. So then when that cap does explode in that third or fourth year, he now has even more money to spend than he would have normally because all those guys are now free agents. He has now moved on. He's gotten his comp picks. He's traded away people. He's gotten his value. And now he has even more money to add to that roster. He can keep the guys he liked. He can add new guys and he can get rid of the ones he didn't like. And that's just setting himself up along to this, the franchise, not even himself, the franchise long-term financially. And then once you add that quarterback in, the Patriots are in a fantastic spot for at least five years, seven years. So I want to I want to circle back to what Andy said about the, the their quarterback away. Well, if you're a quarterback away and you get Trey Lance at four, he's probably not starting this year. So what's like what's the point? What's really the argument there? Yeah, I think that's I think you're right on. Like I don't think like as much as as exciting and fun as it would be, right? It would be if he's trading up for Trey Lance, he's telling you this roster's not good enough to win now. I'm not trying to find a guy to win now. I'm trying to win three to five yeah. years down the road. We're having another year of Cam Newton and Jared Stidham. So I, I what's yeah, what's wrong with that? Nothing. <laughs> not for the long term success of the franchise, absolutely nothing. Yeah, if you get a quarterback, oh, by the way, I think your roster, as I predicted last November before I let Perillo and Giardi talk me out of it, is significantly more talented right now than it was all of last year. No question. Okay, so they won seven games last year. Their roster is going to be better this year. I'm a sucker. I buy a little into, you know, the year two jump for Cam. He'll be more comfortable. He won't have Corona, blah, blah, blah. He might be marginally better. But more importantly, the quarterback. Because everything that Shime just said about – finances and long-term and this and that, all that goes down the crapper if you don't have a quarterback. So we all know the quarterback decides the fate of most NFL teams. And I know we're caught up in this, this new world of Aaron Rodgers is going to be available and Russell Wilson is available and is still available. Like, but you can't guarantee, you can't count on the NBA, like, well, let's look to the salary cap of two years from now and we'll be able to acquire a franchise. Like, I guess you can roll those dice, but I think that's a dangerous game to play. So if you like Trey Lance and you think Trey Lance is obviously a year away, you know, maybe he gets mop up. Do Like I've continued to say about the 49ers in the same like discussion, the Kansas city chiefs plan works perfectly. Like, is there anybody in Kansas city who didn't enjoy Alex Smith for one more year, Patrick Mahomes, where you started to hear the stories that he was like ripping it up on the practice field. If you remember, I laughed at it at the time. I should not have. Before the season, all the stories out of Kansas City were, this guy's going to be the offensive player of the year. He might be the the uh, MVP. He might throw for 5,000 yards. He might, like, and they, they weren't just throwing it out there. It was because of the whispers from the practice field and what he'd done week in and week out for that team. If you do that with Trey Lance, you'll never, ever regret it. 
assuming you're right. Yeah, but that's the thing is you have to be right. Well, he's Bill not- freaking Belichick. He makes $20 million a year. He got well damn better be right. Yeah, but if he isn't, you're screwed well, for isn't, a handful of years. We're screwed either way because we don't have a quarterback. We have Cam. We have that guy. This is true. Okay. Yeah, he's just so, another Jamoke. We've, we've talked about the top five. Well, five and a half slash six with Shaim trying to be Mr. Uh, different than the norm and throw Kyle Trask in his top five. Okay, so give me a quick rundown why you love Kyle Trask. Uh, so, I, here, I'll give you my notes. I, Kyle Trask looks pretty good. Like, he's really athletic, throws a nice deep ball, he completes a lot of the passes, he's a very good decision maker, uh, and I think that that athletic talent helps him in that decision making. It gives him more time. And the biggest thing I noticed was he seems patient. He doesn't seem rushed when he's in the pocket. Even if he's kind of flushed sideways, he still seems pretty patient. And again, it's the same knock I give to Mac Jones that I also have to give to Kyle Trask in that he was also playing with two potential first round picks, one of which is a top 10 pick in Kyle Pitts and and might be the the best pass catcher in the draft. Um, And and so I think that knock has to be applied to him as it is with Mac Jones and Devontae Smith. and And that's fair. But at the same time, I just feel like Kyle Trask doesn't labor to throw the deep ball as much as Mac Jones. I feel like decision-making wise, they're on par with each other. I just think athletically, Kyle Trask has far more to work with uh, on the move. He throws the ball better. To me, it's just more of an NFL fit than Mac Jones's. I don't hate Kyle Trask. The one thing, he walked a fine line. He had the talent, first of all, first round talent, as you said, around him. And then predictably, unfortunately, whatever adverb you want to use, when those guys didn't play in the bowl game, he fell on his face through three picks early on. He walks a fine line to me between giving his playmakers chances to make plays and being a little bit uh, risque with the ball and just assuming, you know, trusting his arm slash trusting them too much. Now, some of that is young quarterback play. It just, mm-hmm. you're going to get that. And you, you, if they work their way out of it in a year or two, then they're good. Their name's Josh Allen and you're building your team around them. If they don't work their way out of it by year two, year three, their name's Jameis Winston and you move on from them, right? Like that's young quarterback play one-on-one. Remember Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions, I believe his rookie year. Like that's going to happen. Trask. Um, first of all, I think there is, as I said earlier, the top one, then the drop off top four another drop off and then when you get past Kyle Trask because I do like him next in line it's tough I gotta tell you I ain't seen nothing I really like I like one guy a little bit um stay on Trask real quick I just I like my comp for him is like if you mixed Josh Allen and Jay Cutler now that could end up either really pretty good or really pretty bad and a lot of interceptions. And what, that's kind of where I, What round did you that we would think Trask will go? The second round. I think he'll go probably somewhere in the top half of the second round is my assumption. Because so a lot what, of mocks don't have any quarterback going in round two and even like late into round three. Yeah, I I didn't quite get that. Uh, like I think, I think Trask should be probably right around the top half of round two. And then again, it, no quarterback should be taken until Six, end of three into four. That high? Yeah, and I mean, like, that's taking a shot on a guy, That's right? a quarterback. That's that's yeah. a comp pick. That's a comp pick. The end of the third round is a comp pick. Like, that's fine. You take a shot. Um, on who, though? My, guy, yeah. my next guy is Ian Book. He's not great, but I – the numbers. Yeah, so I don't know. I, there's something about him that I liked. It was the way 
I understand that he's short. He's only six feet. You can throw. Whoa, whoa, I'm good with short. I'm fine with short. Yeah, he, he, with the way he plays reminds me a lot of Baker Mayfield. Like the way he moves and slides along the pocket, the throws he makes. The only, the big things with him that I don't like are he throws that Tom Brady-esque deep ball where it's way too, it's way too 50-50 in the way that it's more for like the, the cornerback it's like a moonshot like it's straight up in the air off his back foot he has no way of stepping into it and really getting a good deep ball and I think that's the one thing that really worries me but like in those short situations he's very good um like moving or like on the move rolling out he's able to escape the pocket escape pressure which he seemed to face a lot this year that I noticed uh and, and so I like I think he's a guy worth using a fourth round pick on like an early fourth round pick on now. I don't think he should go any higher than that. I don't think he's, you know, going to be super successful, but I think he has some tools to work with that could eventually maybe make him a starter for a couple of years. Yeah. I, I'm not a book guy. I can, I can actually see the comparison to Baker Mayfield. He certainly moves in the pocket and out just outside the pocket. Like him, he scrambles. Well, doesn't really scramble to run scrambles mm-hmm. to throw makes plays. I mean, I guess I feel like he would do that in preseason games. I feel like he could be a preseason star in the future, and if you ever put him in a regular season game, you'll live to regret it. Um, Jamie Newman is a guy that I I hate. Oh, I, I'm I'm so out on him. My notes literally just says I'm out. I, I I see nothing there. I see much more if you really want to go that athletic route with Kellen Mond. I know he was kind of the senior bowl, and I think Fitzy fell in love with him for a while. Um, he's He's okay. I don't really think he's ever going to be a starting quarterback. The national, even like, where is he going in the draft? Kind of like Chime just said, fourth is like a flyer guy. Yeah, all these guys, Play and four, it's, it's five. specific. I think yeah. once you get down here, it's like you know somebody fa- falls in love with Ian Book or somebody falls in love with Kellen Mond as an athlete and whatever. The guy I kind of like is Mills out of Stanford, Davis Mills. Mm-hmm. He's he's got the size. He looks like an NFL quarterback. There's a really like short track record, hasn't played a lot of high-level football. Like he's a developmental guy at best, but he's a guy that wouldn't – he's not a runner. He's more of a traditional pocket passer, um, sort of that NFL pro-style offense that Stanford um, has run over the years. But I think he only has like 14 college games under his belt and not going to wow you in the way athletically that – you know, similar Trey Lance, like he probably has like 14 games under his belt, but you're not going to be wowed by Mills. But I also think, and again, I may be dating myself. Mills might've been a better pro. If you flipped like Mills and, and Zach Wilson, like 10 years ago, Mills might've been the better pro prospect because of what people were looking for in terms of pocket passers, big, that kind of guy. I just think if, if I'm taking a day three quarterback, I think Mills would be my guy. Yeah, I, so like I said, I'm out on Jamie Newman. He reminds me of a smaller version of Cam Newton, the way he throws the ball. It just it looks like everything is being thrown over. That would have been a heads. good thing like five years ago if you had said that about a but guy. Like he's not even athletic, as athletic as Cam. Like Cam no. could run guys over. I, I just feel like Newman doesn't provide that at all. Um, Kellen Mond to me, his mechanics are gross. They are oh, yeah. awful mechanics. He looks like a 10-year-old that's first learning how to pitch in baseball when yep. he holds the football. And it, it, I hate it. Um, he, seems, he's all, he also seems too patient, like he'll hold on to the ball too long. He sits there in the pocket, and he seems like a statue in the pocket. And I just don't see any urgency uh, in Kellen Mond. So I, 
he also just floats the ball a lot. Uh, now, he is very athletic. Is he worth a shot in, like, the fifth round, sixth round? Sure. Go for it. I mean, we've seen guys that at least can play in the NFL, like Gardner Minshew, get taken in the sixth round. So if you want to take a sixth-round shot on Kellen Mond to maybe be your backup this year, go for it. That's fine. I'm not going to, like, hate you for it. I just don't love him. What about um, Sam Ellinger? I think he so, could be an NFL backup. So I think he could be Brian an NFL backup, but that's about it. Like, so oh, he's yeah. he, he his release is brutal. He throws the ball like Byron Leftwich. Like, it's that cock back all the way around. It takes right. so long to get the ball out that half the time the cornerbacks are already caught up to the receiver because they know where the ball's going. Right. Um, and, and, but he is athletic, which you like. He seems pretty uh, – like, his numbers, if you're just looking at the numbers, they're like the same. And I guess it's good that he started basically three and a half years. So right. I guess people like that. That's pretty good. It, Captain, just, backup, lead. Like, he's perfect. You put him on like, – Yeah, the like he could, he could be like Colt McCoy, right, where he might start five games for the Browns, but for the most part he's going to be a career backup with a couple spot starts tops. Right. Here's a question along the same lines related to the Patriots. If they don't get any of those top five guys, is it worth them taking a guy, one of those guys, later in the draft? Um, well, see, I would say maybe, and it would be in regards to Jarrett Stidham, if you're just restocking that mid-round developmental. But that's what you talked about. These guys kind of stink. So does that even, is that worth it? Well, you, I mean, you get what you go to the dollar store and you get stuff that breaks, right? You ever go to the dollar store, you buy something. It's kind of cool. It's a gadget. It works for like a week and then it breaks. Well, you bought it at the dollar store. What the bleep did you expect? Right? Like, so if you get a guy, there's a reason these are mid-round. We talked about it. Quarterbacks are super valuable. If you're good at all, you're going to go in the first two rounds. If you're seen as a potential NFL starter, you're going near the top of the draft. If you don't go near the top of the draft, there's a reason for that. And now you're just kind of – it's your scratch ticket. You're kind of just playing the lottery. And if you're ready to move on from Stidham, if you've decided that scratcher has no winner, no winner, you're looking, you're recounting all the numbers, nope, nothing matches up. Well, then move on. Take another guy in the mid-round because, first of all, Bill's done it for 20 years. He's done it for, like, every other year, every third year, he's always taken quarterbacks. We forget how many have come through the system, and most of them either didn't play, didn't work out. I mean, you had the Zach Robinsons, the guys that are, like, covering kickoffs and preseason games types. But, yeah, take a flyer. It's valid. Plus, they have the draft picks. Why, why would you not? I think, I think Kyle Trask is the one to look at, right? Like, I think if he falls – into that, like you said, they have nobody going in the second round, really, in a lot of mock drafts. I think if Trask falls to that bottom of the second round into the third round, I, I think it's worth a shot. Like, you have, enough, you have enough picks. You have enough opportunity here. You filled a lot of your holes in free agency. So it's not like Trask a lot of these rookies. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, any guy that can throw 42 touchdowns in a COVID-shortened season is better than Jared Stidham. I don't, and he played at Florida. It's not like he played at North Dakota State and – and played one game and threw one touchdown and two picks and only has marginal athletic ability. Like this guy played at Florida in the SEC and threw 42 touchdowns in a COVID shortened season. Like that means something. Well, it means he had a better tight end and better wide receiver than Cam Newton did. But he did something with it, right? I know. The only thing is, and I get into this, and I get into this with Mac Jones, I get into it, you know, with Tua, get into it with Joe Burrow. I can watch guys surrounded by talent and still – assess them 
Like yeah. Joe Burrow to me did things last year that were special. Now I know you wouldn't have taken him with the number one pick. You wanted no, to no, take no. Him. <laughs> you need to you need to stop with that narrative. My theory was, and it's the exact same thing. At way I look at Atlanta this year is it's like don't take your guy, trade down and get a lot more assets because your team stinks so bad that you need a lot of assets. Because even with Joe Burrow, this Bengals team is not going to be good at least for another two years. And now he's off his rookie contract, and now you have to pay him, and now you can't pay other guys. Now you have a top-five quarterback. Anyway, my point was I could watch Joe Burrow and say he just did things that are special. Extends plays, the arm, throwing on – like whatever you want to pick out. Do you think Trask did that? Do you think Trask is not – I mean, if he were – I mean, he's not Joe Burrow, but – He'd be near the top five picks in the draft. Like I understand there's different, but – so you're confident he was not a product of – the talent around him. I think, I think the talent, talent definitely helped him, right? Like it elevated him to, to be better, but that's why I'm not overrating him. Like, I think, I think taking him in the back half of the second, early third round is, is good valuation. Like I don't, I, I think taking him at the end of the first round is stupid. Like that's dumb. You can still find great talent at the end of the first round, especially in positions like offensive tackle, which is just so deep this year. And you but, know, Bill, we talked about it earlier, the, the theory of trading down. If Bill trades down from 15 to 20-something and he could pick up a two, now all of a sudden he goes, wait a minute. I got a guy in the, you know, in the 20s. I added a pick that allowed me to add what I think is the next best quarterback in the draft. There's certainly a value-based philosophy exactly. there that – you, you can sell yourself on. Now, exactly. it may not work. It, it no. may end up being good. Um, Ryan, just real quick, it, w- articulate your um, draft strategy for the Patriots. What you would do, Would you? We, we debated trade up today on the website. You said no, don't trade up. So you're not getting one of the top five quarterbacks. What would you do? Or are we just punting? No, I, I would take, like I said earlier, you're getting a great player at number 15 overall. And then I would look at it as my eyes are still on Garoppolo for not only this offseason, but next offseason. He can become available again next offseason. And kind of what you said earlier, there are going to be quarterbacks that, are, that become available. I know, I know it's probably not going to be Russell Wilson, but there's always going to be guys available. And mm-hmm. you're now that team that these quarterbacks would want to go to. You're not going to have a case like Matthew Stafford where he says, I don't want to go there. A guy okay. like that would want to come to the Patriots. So – it's, it's not worth reaching for the fourth or fifth quarterback in the draft. I think if you're talking two or three, then you'd, you'd go for it. But you're not going to you know mortgage your future for the fifth best quarterback in the draft. I'm not doing that. I'm kind of pushing this thing off. And we've always talked about, too, the, the worst thing you do is have the wrong guy at quarterback. You're better off not having a quarterback. So I, I would sort of push this thing back another year to sort of reset things. And you're still not killing yourself by having Cam Newton this year. Like you talked about, he's going to be better in a year two. You're surrounding with more talent. So you're, you're still going to improve as a team. Yeah, I, don't I, I think that's that the way point. Patriots approach this, right? I think that's very similar to how they view this. It's, it's like we have Cam under contract. If we can get a guy at our pick without over, uh, over budgeting, then great. But if we don't, then we're fine. We ride it out with Cam and we just keep building and make ourselves a more desirable location. Yeah, I, I don't hate that plan. It's I mean, I wrote the column, whatever it was, two months ago. Like, just forget about the quarterback position. Do everything else. Mm-hmm. And extending that into the draft, you you could be adding – I know my dream scenario, Jalen Waddell, but you could be adding a number one wide receiver um, to, to that mix. And, and let's just say a year from now, 
I think Aaron Rodgers could be available a year from now. I mean, in this new age world of sure. quarterbacks and his pouting every offseason, and I know they, they had a maneuver recently where they could have changed a bonus that he had due to a, to a signing bonus to divvy it over the years, and they didn't, so they won't have dead cap money moving forward. That sounds to me like a team that is trying to make sure they cover their bases and can move on from Aaron Rodgers properly in terms of finances. But if it's Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, whoever, it could be – I don't know, I'm thinking of the next young Baker Mayfield. Maybe Baker Mayfield falls out of favor in Cleveland this year, the way the Darnold types have. And you're now ready, and you have two tight ends, a couple wide receivers, your defense is good. I don't hate that plan. It's not as fun. To me, it's more no. fun to trade up and get Trey Lance or Justin Fields. But And I think that's the issue that a lot of fans have, right, is they want the guy – they want it now. Like, they want, yeah. to, be, they want to be great again. They just want immediate – and you know unfortunately, football doesn't work like that. I blame Danny Ainge because bleeping Danny Ainge has cornered the market on, oh, in a couple of years, we'll have this. We'll have these first-round picks. In a couple, of, They're already doing it again. They're already telling me, oh, the summer of 2023, cap space will be available to go get Joel Embiid or Bradley Beal. Or, like, the can is always down the road. I want the damn can right here. I don't want to keep kicking it. And, you know, after one year of no playoffs, spoiled Patriots fans like myself need, you know, a flashy object. <laughs> who who is the bet? Who is the quarterback that you see that fits the Patriot system best? Like I don't care if they have no chance of getting him, but like of the guys that are available, who fits the Patriots best? Trevor Lawrence. Okay. Besides, <laughs> him. I'm I am of the belief that the Patriots are uh, not necessarily system bound. I guess is kind of what like they're adaptable. Sure. Like you, we've seen it with Belichick's defenses over the years. Like whatever he thinks is best for the defense, he does. And I think they'll do that. Start doing that now for the offense. Now that you don't have Tom Brady. And so my my thought is, I think Justin Fields is the best best like just schematic fit for what yep. the Patriots can do and would like to do. I think he's athletic enough to do it. I think he's smart enough to do it. I, I think overall they could craft a very, very productive offense around a guy like Justin Fields. What was your reaction to Jim Nagy saying Justin Fields absolutely does not fit the Patriots? Did you hear that? I did, I did not hear that. Um, stunned me. He's yeah. never negative about anybody, and he immediately said, nope, doesn't fit, not the Patriots offense I know, not the Josh McDaniels I know, doesn't fit at all. But doesn't that seem weird to you? Yep. Doesn't that seem like he's deflecting for a reason? That was Mutt's theory. It's a, it's, I mean, this, I mean, this is this awful. is the same guy who hyped up Gardner Minshew, yep. uh, uh, you know, in an interview. So, like, I, the way I don't, I don't think he would ever say that about Justin Fields if he didn't, if there was no inclination that the Patriots were interested, right? Like, it's just it, you can't because he can't give away the fact that he knows things. So, like, right. he has to kind of downplay it and pretend like he doesn't know sometimes, even though he may know exactly what's going on. Especially in the face of – it was a few days, I think, after Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah had said, like, oh, there's a lot of rumors. Really high. Yeah. yeah, right? So, I, and I, could be something to that. that. I also think that's the same thing with the Mac Jones thing. Like, I think Kyle Shanahan said to Chris Sims, hey, go ahead and talk about us drafting Mac Jones. We're deciding between Fields and Lance, leaning Lance right now. Just don't say that. Just say anything right. you want about Mac Jones, hype him up, because maybe some other team will be stupid enough to trade up and waste assets expecting Fields or Lance to be there at four, and they're not there. Right, right. Okay, so my dream now is, is uh, Justin Fields. Okay, good. I'm happy. Um, any, any other overarching thoughts that you didn't get to that we should hit on with the quarterbacks? 
Well, the one thing I think we should just touch on is, and this is a dangerous game to play. I know Peter King got all pissy about it in his column this week, but right now, next year's draft class does not look good. You don't have a Trevor Lawrence or an Andrew Luck or even a Justin Fields. You got the North Carolina kid, and then you got a bunch of little, and I guess that doesn't matter as much anymore, but just the little six foot, six one athlete types. I don't, if you want a franchise quarterback, and again, I know Zach Wilson came out of nowhere. There'll be a Zach Wilson next year. We'll probably talk ourselves into, but sometimes you regret that. Remember, Mitchell Trubisky was that guy, a one-year wonder you talked yourself into in Chicago. But this is a – has the chance to be a really good quarterback class, and next year has a chance to be a really bad quarterback class. Yeah, the only – Go ahead. The only guy with any, like, possible hype growth – that like I have any inkling about for next year at least is the kid out of Miami. What is it, Derek King? Yep. Yep. Like that guy has some potential to grow, but like at the same time, if he was in this draft class, he'd be like the seventh best quarterback. Right. And he's athletic, and so yep. that gets into what kind of offense you're running, what you're exactly. looking for at the position. So again, somebody will come out of nowhere. There'll be a guy who'll be a hyped up top five pick, but that doesn't mean he's even as good. And I love the other thing I love is. Like, I think Jeremiah this week might have been the guy that he would have had Sam Darnold third in this draft class, he said. Like, I love when people try to move guys around left yep. and right. And, like, everybody – I Lombardi snarkily said, oh, you know, Mac Jones is better. Everybody says Mac Jones from Alabama is better than Tua. Well, that doesn't mean either of them is worth a top five or seven or whatever pick. He could be better than Tua. You might have blown the Tua pick, and you might be blowing the Mac Jones pick, too. Like – it, right. That doesn't mean anything if he's better than Tua. Or Tua could end up being great and Mac Jones may suck. Who knows? Correct. Wouldn't you say that that's the biggest reason why we're seeing Mac Jones being talked as a top five pick because people see his next year as being terrible? Like, in an, in uh, a, if next year was okay, no. he, you'd still think he'd be – I think there's some people that like Mac Jones. I think there's some people that really like Mac Jones. And that's fine, you know? Like Daniel Jones a couple of years ago, right? I thought he was a mid-round pick. And all of a sudden you're watching the draft and it's like, excuse me, did you say Daniel Jones at whatever the sixth pick it six, was? Yeah. Like, I also see Mac Jones. I see this. So Alabama has started to evolve their offense since Tua took over. They realized – Saban has realized defense isn't necessarily the wave. Yep. Offense is the wave. And so what do you do to recruit high-level quarterback talent? You get your quarterback drafted high in the first round. And right. so I think this is a lot of PR, to be honest with you. I yep. think the whole Mac Jones thing is just Saban PR. He's pushing it every which way he can. He had a second pro day, which wasn't great. Like – I this is not – this is nothing. I think it's just Alabama PR, Nick Saban preparing his future, and an NFL team going to end up screwing themselves. All right, so we'll be doing these once a week with uh, position by position. I think next week, Andy, you said wide receivers probably? Uh, wide receivers or running backs. I'm ready for both. Yep. And then uh, we'll, we'll keep doing these as the draft gets closer. Shaun will be on there because he knows more about the draft than most people do. So that's well, he thinks he does. He no, thinks he does. He does. Hey, I know enough about the draft to know who Jeremiah Owusu-Koromo is without even looking at it. A lot of people know who he is. I just can't don't know how to say his name. Yeah. I would just say, hey, the Notre Dame kid. (laughs) And then I'm excited to to talk linebackers, by the way. Big year in linebackers. I like linebacker play as well, especially after watching the freaking Bucks run through the postseason with uh, Levante David and Devin White. If anybody watched that and didn't say, huh, Patriots could use one of those guys, then I don't know what you were watching. Big market tease. I got a late, late round first pick guy that you're going to love. At linebacker? 
at linebacker. All right. Save that for a couple more weeks down the line. And Andy, we'll be back with our Patriots-esque podcast later this week. Patriots-esque, where I'm guessing the name Imi Arapolo or something that rhymes with it will be mentioned. I'm sure it will. All right. Uh, thanks for joining us, Shime. Uh, we'll be back next week with Shime and then later in the week with a Jimmy Garoppolo-led podcast. Peace out.